Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <coughs> For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Hey everyone, Mesh here. Welcome back to the Talk Money Weekly, where we talk about current business events paired with our newsletter. Today's episode, Facebook's Third Act. So it's earnings seasons right now. And of course, everyone's watching to see what Zuckerberg does and what he says. So while everyone was awaiting Facebook earnings, it actually starts out with Apple's new privacy updates, which affected Snapchat's earnings, which affected Facebook stock pre-earnings. Okay, so let's unpack this. So it's earnings season where companies are reporting what they made on a quarterly basis, which then gets compared to what Wall Street estimated they would make and then Basically, the stock reacts one way or the other. In this case, Snapchat started off the whole social network earnings report. It was pretty terrible. They made less money and their guidance was pretty shitty. And these are the two main things that you pay attention to during an earnings report. One is actually what they made in comparison to what the street estimated. So either it's going to be they beat earnings or they didn't beat earnings. And then the second part is the guidance of the company. Like the leadership of the company, usually the CEO or someone else or a group of them are going to give the guidance for where the company is going to go, not only next quarter, but in the next year. And that is actually there to make investors more comfortable. And so a stock really moves on the future of where it's going, not really where it is today in terms of when you're thinking about it as an investment. And so Snapchat, unfortunately, just didn't have a great day. And a lot of it has to do with Apple's new privacy updates, which are basically causing advertisers to have less data on being able to track how their advertisement campaigns are doing. And so if you've been using your iPhone or your Apple TV or any of the apps out there, maybe you've noticed that like Apple asks you a question like, hey, dude, do you want to be tracked or do you not want to be tracked? I always say no. I can't imagine anyone actually says yes. Apparently, 16% of people opt in. Those people are uh, very curious to know who they are and um, what type of psychos they might be. Or it's basically Facebook's entire employee count are probably opting in or anyone who's working at these companies, I would assume. It's kind of funny, though, because like Apple is one of the leaders now when it comes to like privacy and encryption, even when you use Apple Pay or use Apple ID to log into stuff, everything's encrypted. iMessage is supposed to be like super safe to use. They've never gotten into issues of like, hey, or at least from my understanding, I don't feel like, oh, Apple's, even though they control my life, like I'm not really worried about them using my shit. I feel fine because they told me they're not and I'm going to believe them. So it's just one of those things where like, Facebook might be on the other end of that where like there's all sorts of privacy concerns. But this is also the power of controlling the network. Apple can control a lot of things because everyone uses, for the most part, their phones. And so for Snapchat, they're like, well, this kind of sucks because we're making less money now. And the stock has dropped 30% since the highs. Like That is a pretty brutal drop. I think it dropped 20 to 25% just based on the earnings news in general, which again is a pretty big drop for a company post earnings. I don't personally own Snapchat. I don't use Snapchat. That's basically why I wouldn't buy Snapchat. I don't understand it. I also don't like Evan Spiegel. He just looks, you know, I just don't like his face. 
Sometimes they're completely irrational reasons why I don't own a stock or not. I, I have to like the person. But when it comes to Facebook, I think everyone was worried that, oh, shit, well, Snapchat had a bad day. Facebook's also going to have a bad day. So the stock actually sold off ahead of time by a little bit. I think it sold off by 5% because people were anticipating that, oh, man, Snapchat had a bad. Facebook's also going to have a bad because Facebook, at the end of the day, their core business is advertising. That's how they make all their money. And so Facebook came out. And they came out pretty organized, I would say. I didn't listen to the earnings call, but I read everything about the earnings call and I read some of the transcripts. And from what it sounds like is that, look, whether you love him or hate him, the guy just knows how to like run a business and he knows what matters. And what matters is keep investors happy and how do you continue investing to make sure that you dominate the world for the foreseeable future? And that's to me is what came out of the earnings call. And so Facebook... Still made about like 29 to $30 billion in revenue in one quarter, which is insane. And they, they basically came in line um, with their earnings. It, it was basically what was expected. Now, for them, guidance was really interesting because what they wanted to guide people on was really getting people comfortable around the fact that, like, look, we know Apple's changed their policies. This is going to have an impact on our business. And ahead of time, they were actually underreporting you know, what was happening with advertisement revenue, almost prepping investors being like, hey, we're going to underreport this. So you almost get used to seeing like a lower number and they're underreporting it by 15%, which to me is just like, I don't know. I think that's kind of badass. Like they know how investors are going to think and investors are going to be like, oh my God, the company's losing money. We better sell the stock. Instead, they just got ahead of it and we're like, hey, we know we're going to lose money. By the way, we've known this for a while. So we're prepping you for it. And also, we know how we could potentially make this back, but we have to spend a shit ton of money on rebuilding our entire advertising platform and they have the money to do it, right? This is the advantage that a Facebook has. When you're sitting on like over $50 billion of cash, you're going to use that cash to reinvest into your company so that you can potentially make more money and know that you have competition coming, know that there's certain things that are going to change. They can adapt. And I think Zuck also knows that younger users are not using Facebook. I think this has been a big part of the conversation and why he's probably getting so like ham on getting teenagers to use the product. Hence why he has, you know, the whistleblower comes out, all these privacy concerns, because he's like, I need to have these users on the platform. And when Frances Haugen comes out, she releases internal documents that says Facebook is losing this younger user base. And then over time, over the next years, it's going to drop, I think, something like 40-ish percent. That user base is going to continue to drop. Zuck is like, okay, I need to like invest in Reels because Reels is the TikTok competitor. And honestly, everyone's using TikTok right now. I don't know about Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat has like a few hundred million users, but like everyone's using TikTok from like the younger generation, the Gen Z kids, you know, the kids that are making me feel old now because I think it's just hit me. I'm going to be 40 in three years and I'm not a kid anymore, but I use TikTok quite religiously. I'm on that shit all day, constantly. I like gardening TikTok. I like cooking TikTok. I like comedy TikTok. And I can continuously be entertained by it. And Zuck knows that Reels is really the only way that they're going to be able to compete with TikTok. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, I guess people are using it and they're ready to invest a shit ton of money also in like product redesign so that folks want to consistently use it the same way they want to use TikTok. So, you know, you have TikTok versus Reels, you have TikTok versus everybody else. And the reason why you bet on Mark Zuckerberg 
the reason is that he also knows this. You know, the guy's a savage. When Snapchat was doing well with their snaps or whatever people call it, he came out with stories, which was basically just a copy of what was happening on Snapchat. And I think a lot of people preferred it. Like stories, I use stories all the time. I love watching stories. I post the stories. Again, he did the same thing with, you know, Instagram was competing with Facebook photos and he bought Instagram early which is now a massive company within Facebook. So he is going to invest heavily in making sure that they don't get ousted by somebody else. And again, you bet on him knowing that whether he copies some shit, whether he buys it, or whether they just invent something new, he's going to figure it out. Like this guy does not want to lose. He is yet to lose. And it doesn't matter what people throw at him. You're throwing the kitchen sink. You're putting this guy in front of like the Senate, putting him in front of like hearings Nothing seems to phase this guy. He's got his eye on the prize, which is at the end of the day, Facebook dominates, becomes the biggest platform in the world, keeps that. And how do you go from a almost trillion dollar business to a two trillion dollar business? I think what's interesting about this is that one of the more interesting things that came out of the earnings report was that, like I said, he's spending a ton of money on R&D and like rebuilding a lot of stuff within Facebook, what we're used to. But he is now coming out and saying, hey, We've got this new thing, Facebook Reality Labs. We're about to go super, super hard into like the virtual reality world, otherwise known as the metaverse, uh, which is a real bet on Web3 and crypto and everything that's happening there. So much so that he's saying we're going to be making $10 billion less in profit a year, which is an insane amount of money because I'm taking that money to spend it on this stuff. Why? Because he knows where the future is going. Zuck knows that the future is in this Web3 metaverse crypto. And if you haven't been following like what this metaverse thing is, think about it as like a virtual digital world that exists outside of this world where there is multiple economies and people can be buying and selling and trading goods and creating projects and selling it to people. Like it's a digital world that will exist. And this is what we mean by Facebook's third act, because right now it's being called Web3. If Web1 was the birth of the internet, and then you had the home pages on GeoCities and all that type of stuff, pixelated shit, you remember dial-up modems and stuff, and then Web2.0 was this emergence of like apps and Facebook came in and social networks and like that was Web2.0 to the point where now everyone is connected technically, whether it's through Facebook or messaging or through these apps, these marketplaces, it's reaching a different level of scale. And now we're going into Web3, which is this potential other worlds, other digital worlds that exist. This is why crypto has become so exciting. It's not just simply, oh my God, what is this like random Bitcoin thing or what is an NFT? It's all actually being part of this world and this ecosystem that is slowly, slowly building and we're slowly learning about it, but there's a lot of people betting on this and Zuck is one of them. And Zuck is sitting on a platform with over 3 billion users, and he's sitting on a ton of cash, and he bought Oculus, a virtual reality platform, really all as a bet on this. You know, Facebook did try to get into crypto with Libra a few years ago, and it didn't work, but you could see where his head was going. And now he's about to spend $10 billion on it a year. And why is that such an important number? Well, think about it this way. Think about like venture-backed companies right now in startup world that are like raising money and they're raising money to do things that Facebook wants to do. But they're raising a few million, maybe then up to a hundred million. And then by the time they go IPO, they're raising like maybe 500 million to a couple billion. Facebook's basically saying, yeah, fuck you guys. 
I'm going to invest $10 billion on this. And we have a platform of users that all exist amongst each other. And I'm going really, really heavy on this. And that's why, to me, if you're going to bet on this guy, whether you like him or hate him, yes, he has certain things that we might not agree with in terms of his, like, how he handles business or privacy or whatever. But if you're going to bet on someone to make you money, you bet on this guy. And that's why I would own Facebook stock one, because they're going to keep their core business intact. They're going to continue to dominate there is my bet. And then two, if you want to get exposure to like the metaverse or like Web3 and you don't really understand it, well, at least if you own Facebook, you're going to get exposure to some degree. You're going to be in that world. And I think that's what you want to bet on. Right. Because like if I'm thinking about my crypto portfolio now, sure, it could be owning a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Ethereum, but I'm also owning Facebook stock potentially because like I now get exposure to this metaverse that everyone's been talking about. And why wouldn't you bet that one of the most powerful people in the world gets where that's going and he's putting everything into it? So I think overall, the lesson from this earnings report for me was that's how you run a company. That's how you lead. That's how you keep investors happy. And by the way, he comes out and also says, we're doing a $50 billion stock buyback program, which is essentially like, imagine just like telling people a bunch of shit, like you're going to spend all this money and your profits are declining. And don't worry, I've got a plan. But just to make you happy, I'm doing a $50 billion stock repurchasing program, which basically is like, hey, certain stockholders, we're going to buy those shares from you, give you a bunch of cash at the value the company is today. Great. Everyone's happy. We're happy. We're using our cash the right way. We've kind of showed everyone our cards. This is where we're going. And that's why the stock is uh, it's down a little bit. It's like it didn't really have much of a reaction. And it's only down, you know, 10% from the highs. So basically from a Business leadership standpoint, I think it's really, really intriguing. This is how you stay in the game, and this is how you even have a third act. The fact that you could have a third act is really, really impressive and stay dominant. And I think a lot of times when you're betting on a company, you are betting on the CEO and the person who's leading this company. That's it for this week. Make sure that you're signed up to the newsletter, thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Until next time.